Hey y'all, I'm Byron. And I'm Margaret, and we'd like to welcome you back to the Beyond I Do podcast. In December 2017, Lauren Herschel tweeted an analogy for grief that was shared with her by her doctor. Imagine a box with a button at the bottom and a big ball. The button represents pain due to grief. When something traumatic happens, the ball or grief is huge. Because it is so big, it nearly fills the box and is constantly hitting the pain button. Over time, the ball gets smaller and has more room to move around the box without hitting the button as often. Even though it doesn't happen as much, when the ball does hit the button, the pain is there and hurts just like when the ball was bigger. Like the ball in the box, grief will always be there and occasionally you will feel pain due to grief. Fortunately, with time and healing, we can learn to cope with grief during the times when the ball does hit the button. In this episode, we'll be discussing how we've supported each other when dealing with grief, loss, and trauma. Before we get into our episode, we want to share this disclaimer. We are not marriage counselors, nor are we mental health professionals. We simply want to share with you what has worked in our marriage. Now, on to our episode. All right. Over time, we've realized that major traumatic experience in our past can negatively impact our marriage. Sometimes we had to support each other in dealing with issues that happened before we even knew each other. For me, there were a few major events that had an impact on my life and eventually my marriage. The first one was my my mother's father, and that was probably the earliest death I remember experiencing. I I remember going to um, my pop's house. Uh, It was an area in the city. My grandpa, my sister lived next door. I had one, my mother's aunts lived on the other side of my sister, and my mother's sister lived behind my grandpa. So we would go visit them uh, on the weekend, and we would see everybody. I would be in and out of each other's houses. Uh, Auntie had frozen cups and all the good treats and stuff. Grandpa had the candy. My sister had the chicken on deck or whatever, you know. Sometimes we'd stay there all day or whatever. But uh, I remember Pop, you know, he used to smoke a cigar, you know, I used to love the smell of that cigar, man. That was, that was, that was something. And just he would always talk to us, you know, give us good words, wisdom. And uh, I don't know. I think I was probably six or seven, maybe. I was real young when he passed away. Um, and I just remember, you know, he was here, and uh, then he was gone. Um, I don't know exactly what happened. I do remember, uh, I remember uh, the time that uh, during the funeral, um, I just remember staying at my sister's house. Cause I guess I was, you know, young to be there or whatever. And I, was, I just remember that day being, uh, it was raining. It was raining that day. And that was a sad day. But, uh, you know, after... Pop passed away. I remember going down there, and it just—it wasn't the same. It was kind of like, uh, 
I don't know, you know, I would go to his house and, you know, I always look over there wanting to go knock on the door. And his he was married to another woman who wasn't my grandmother. And uh, I would go over there because I did have some type of relationship with her, but it was kind of strange because most of the time I was going to see him. And uh, I just remember, like, years later, she remarried and I I felt anger because this man was driving my pop's car I remember seeing it leave out of the driveway one time and it was this man driving my pop's car and I was angered but I mean you know I couldn't do anything about it but you know it was just like with you being that young did anybody explain what was going on um they did explain but it was just you know Papa's gone on to heaven now. And that was, I mean, he was sick and, you know, he lived his life. And that was pretty much it. I just know, like, a lot of times with younger kids, mm. especially our generation, nobody yeah. really took the time to um, explain things to us. Right, right, yeah. Especially yeah. in a way that we could process it. And so we had to kind of fill in the gaps or whatever. Mm, yeah. It, it, and I, you know, looking back on it, like I think about, you know, the deaths that we've experienced and our kids were young and um, we didn't involve them either because they were so young as far I, as like uh, having them at the funeral. Except for when your mom passed. Well, you know? right. You when know? they were... With, they when they that. And also with relationships that they were close with. Yeah. Because they were... Um, they were, those were the only deaths, really, that we experienced that they, that affected them that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah. I, I think that that's one of the things, as a parent, I tried to make sure that I explained certain things. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there are things that I feel like I could have explained better or differently yeah, yeah. looking back, and I think that's what... That's what parenting, that's what life is. Mm-hmm. You look back on things and, and figure out how they could have been done to get a different outcome. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't experience, we didn't have any deaths that would have affected them that way until they were a little bit older. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So for me, my first major loss was also around that age. I was, um, I think I was around six years old. And my mom's younger sister, my Aunt Nessa, was murdered. Um, I idolized her. She was beautiful. Um, We spent a lot of time together. I was very attached to her. And um, not only the impact of losing her, but what it did to my family. Mm. I remember, I, I have vivid memories of being in the family car with my uncles and seeing my uncles cry, and that was, it was uncomfortable for me at that age. Mm-hmm. And the circumstances of her death were so horrible, so yeah. it was, um, that was a difficult thing for, for my family. And then my mother's father, he he and my grandmother were divorced the year I was born, so I never knew those grandparents together. Mm-hmm. But he had remarried someone who was younger, and they had a son. And um, 
he was six years younger than me. So my uncle was my little uncle and we were very close. Mm -hmm. And he, he passed away when he was 14. And those two deaths, um, at that young age and me experiencing them at my young age, those were hard for me. And I, I just had it in my head that that I was gonna die young, mm-hmm. and I start. I made some pretty bad choices because I felt like the consequences yeah. didn't really matter yeah, because to die young right. Because I, I I didn't think I was gonna live to see thirty. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I made some some pretty poor choices, and then. Those choices, coupled with not uh, processing those deaths in a healthy way or processing them the way that I did, mm. all of those things I've had to deal with. You yeah. know, once I realized the impact, I had to deal with those things. I, I, I think looking, you know, thinking about it um, when we were uh, writing this episode out, um, you know, I don't know if, if there's a proper way to deal with grief as far as, you know, you dealing with it on an individual level and helping your kids deal with it on their individual level Mm -hmm. because you're grieving, they're grieving, and it's almost kind of like, well, how do I help them understand and I don't understand. And as as we move through this episode and talk Mm -hmm. about the different things that we experienced and how they affected us. One thing that I have realized as an adult and with therapy is that I wasn't processing anything. Yeah. I was just burying stuff. Yeah. So I wasn't processing. I was experiencing things, be it good, bad, or indifferent. And then I was just acting on that experience. Mm-hmm. So having like having those deaths in my life impacted me in a way that I didn't necessarily process the grief and the emotional part of it. I just looked at it as a sign that I was going to die young. Mm-hmm. And so not processing the emotions. Um, both of those deaths, that was my mom's younger sister and her younger brother, and one thing that another thing that affected me is I ended up being um, her her crutch in in a way, mm-hmm. and I was always you know she looked to me to be strong for her, so she viewed me as a point of strength, and I took on that role. So there again, I wasn't necessarily focused on processing things myself because I knew I had to be strong for her. Right, right. And, uh, of course, that's not the way that the natural order of things should mm-hmm. be. But, you know, that's that's how it was. All right. So, uh, growing up, uh, for me, uh, I had two deaths that affected me. I, I experienced some deaths of, like, people that I knew, but I wasn't necessarily close to. But uh, these two particular ones, the uh, first one, we was in the elementary school. I was in fifth grade, and a uh, young man that uh, 
we were pretty close. Um, we did, we you know, we started out in kindergarten all the way to fifth grade together. I was one of our best friends throughout school. And I, I just remember, you know, he was uh, shot in town, uh, and it was reported that it was over his, uh, he had a Miami Hurricanes t-shirt on. And I, I remember him, he had the jacket on. I remember that was his, like, favorite team. And I used to always mess with him about it because, you know, that was one of the uh, <laughs> premier uh, rap groups at that time was uh, Two Live Crew, and they wore the Miami Hurricane stuff. And uh, <laughs> I just remember he used to mess with me like, man, Two Live Crew in fifth grade? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What a heathen. I just listened, you know, we had the album cover. I mean, this was the tape, the tape cover. You know, it was on the tape cover. Oh my God. But yeah, they had, the, that's what they had on. And then, you know, they had the, the jackets on and the videos or whatever, you know, representing their town or whatever. So anyway, uh, I just remember him, you know, always wearing that jacket. But I used to always mess with him, like, Mac, I'm going to steal that jacket. I'm going to steal that jacket, man. But he was, he was bigger than me, of course. So he let me try it on one day. And, it was too big, of course. Anyway, so um, he was killed over his T-shirt, is what the news report said. And I've heard little different stories since then. But uh, that kind of bothered me because, uh, you know, it was like, you know, Friday, hey, man, we'll see you Monday. And then uh, come Monday, uh, he's not there, you know. And uh, they had grief counselors, and I was... Uh, one of his cousins was in my class, and he didn't come to school that Monday. And I, I, they had grief counselors for us, of course, uh, but it was yeah, that was kind of traumatic. And um, fast forward to uh, high school, another friend was just the same situation. We from kindergarten all the way to well, all the way to probably seventh grade. Cause he ended up moving and going to another high school, but uh, we maintained closeness with each other throughout the years. You know, just calling each other, "Hey man, what's going on?" And I remember uh, getting the news report or getting a call from another friend. Was like, "Hey man, you heard about what happened to, to such and such?" And I was like, "What?" And he was uh, killed at the bus stop uh, one morning before school. And uh, it was another young man. I, they, it was a situation involving a, a radio. Um, and he shot him that morning and killed him. And, you know, that kind of affected me also. And it kind of uh, let me... I, I, I felt like, you know, well, I could go at any time. That's when I realized, you know, I could go at any time. It could be something. So that uh, uh, hindered me from doing things a lot of times. Like uh, throughout my teenage years and adult years, like people be like, hey, man, it's a party at such and such. And I just had this. Now I don't think I'm going to go to that, you know, and, or whatever. And sometimes, you know, I would say more times than none, stuff would happen. You know, it would be a fight or shooting or something like that. So. I had that kind of instinct, and it kind of helped me in that way, but I don't think that was healthy at all, you know. I wonder if that's why 
when we heard gunshots at Crystal's, you ran and left me. <laughs> oh, you want to break that up? No, just, okay. It just occurred to me. Oh, okay. It just occurred it, it to me. Could be subconsciously. Could be. You know, never know. I didn't leave you, though. I just. You ran and left. I took a step behind the car. Oh, no, you ran off. I, you know what? I didn't realize that. You didn't grow up as hood as I did, so I just assumed that you already had that parameter taken care of, but my bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think that what happened was we were standing yeah, talking. We were talking about this episode. Why were we talking about And you that just ran and left that ain't me. Nothing to do with death. I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad. I digress. My bad. So I grew up in an environment that was somewhat uh, chaotic and at times abusive. Um, I had half-siblings, but I grew up as an only child. I was the only child that my mom and dad had. I was the only child in the home. So in those times where things were chaotic or I felt like I didn't have any control over anything... I learned to make myself small and low maintenance. I would stay in my room, but not just in my room. Like, I would uh, be on the other side of the bed between the wall and bed. I would Mm. sit there and I'd read, or that's where I would lay on the floor and I'd write and things like that. Like, I made myself... Um, out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt like I didn't want to make anything worse, make a situation worse, or or cause any issues. And I, uh, my physical needs were met. My, my, um, I had, you know, clothes, food, water, all those things, shelter. Mm -hmm. But the emotional and mental needs um, that there were, that was lacking. And I think that, I, and there again, I think that some of that is generational. Yeah. Um, our parents did the best that they could do with what they had. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, at a very young age, I started dealing with anxiety and panic attacks and, um, issues with being nervous and this was before that was a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, um, you know, I, I coped with those things. I learned to cope with those things on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, then at, at 16, the boy that I was dating at the time raped me, but I didn't tell anyone because I felt like who would believe it? It's my boyfriend, so mm-hmm. why would you say no to your boyfriend? That type of situation. Yeah. All of that combined and like I said, the not dealing with emotions and learning how to block things out. Um mm-hmm. I I put up walls to keep people out and um eventually was Diagnosed with depression and anxiety and uh, PTSD. So all of those things had an impact on how I dealt with people, including you. Um, And even though once, I mean, we were friends and we were close friends and I was comfortable and I felt safe around you. 
And when we were married, I felt comfortable and safe, but there was still a lot that I didn't share um, Mm. with you because of whatever reason. And so it made it difficult when I would react a certain way to things towards you, and you would think that it was because of you yeah. When it was really because of experiences that I'd had mm. and not dealt with properly. Yeah. Um, I remember for a long time early in our marriage and when the kids were younger, I had a problem with physical touch. And there were times when the physical touch, somebody could put their hands on my arm and it would physically hurt me. Mm. And For you, I know that was hard for you to deal with and not understanding. But then I just think about the kids because if they came up to me and caught me off guard and I jumped away from them, I mean, I know that that affected them. And we've, we've talked about it now. Now that they're older, we've talked about it and they understand exactly why. Mm. But that doesn't replace what (laughs) happened to them and how they felt in those moments. So I I, I know um, like I felt like I knew with me you know growing up the way that I grew up um, being the youngest uh, child I was kind of like you know mostly unseen so I know that you know I'm going to find something to do to keep myself busy so I don't bother them. Even though I didn't have the trauma going on necessarily, but it was so much other stuff that other issues would happen, you know, with different siblings, you know, uh, their marriage or relationships or something happening. So I would kind of always be in the background. And, um, and I thought some, I thought some of that stuff was normal. So I hear people say, you know, well, I, this happened to me and I can't I turned out fine and it's like well you don't know how that affected you mm-hmm. until you really sit down mm-hmm. and think about it and I know that as far as the touching I, even though I knew some things happened to you I knew about uh, the abuse from you know with, that you grew up with but then when you explained to me about the rape that helped me understand okay that's why and you know I it help me as far as like now I can't take offense to her pulling away from me if I'm touching her because that's a a trauma experience Mm -hmm. you know um and that was it made it difficult for me to um I, I always and I and I still struggle with the idea of um deserving or the the worthiness uh, so I felt that um, at any minute something would happen. I, like, I can't trust the good because at any yeah, minute something yeah. would happen. Mm. But um, thank God for time and therapy. Yep. And I still, I think that it, I, I think that I had learned and I was self-aware enough that a lot of stuff I had started to process before I started therapy, mm-hmm. but 
it got to a point where, okay, I, I'm processing, I'm understanding, and I'm moving past certain things, and it's getting better. Yeah. But I wanted it to be, like, I, I want to thrive, not just live. Right, right. So um, therapy helped me really process and understand some of those things and the effects of some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, one of the most devastating losses I had was my father. Um, he passed away in uh, July 1st of 1996. And um, it was weird because, you know, of course, my dad, he was my rock. That was my biggest supporter. Um, he was the one that, you know, made sure I stayed on track in school as far as my grades. The one that, you know, in the previous episode I mentioned uh, <laughs> about him coming <laughs> to get me and beating my behind at school. <laughs> but he was, you know, the, the, the one that wanted to make sure that I uh, stayed on top of my grades um, was doing what I needed to do. He was very involved in my life and also friendships and all that. So um, that was my main man. And uh, my daddy dealt with uh, heart issues uh, for many years. I remember him in and out of the hospital. And I, 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 if I remember correctly, uh, every Christmas, including the year before he passed, he was in the hospital at least four times. He spent four, at least four Christmases in the hospital. And, uh, you know, it was a mild stroke or heart issues or whatever. It was all heart-related. And, you know, so, mind you, the Christmas prior to him passing, he was in the hospital. So then comes uh, June of 96, um, he had some complications. You know, wake up in the middle of the night. Mom was like, got to take your dad to the hospital. Okay, all right. So, you know, it almost kind of like, it felt like it got routine almost, so to speak. So, we get him to the hospital. They do some type of procedure, get him straight or whatever. And uh, he's in the hospital for like a week. And uh, so... Everything's going on. Life's still going on. I was in school. I was going to technical school, and I was working at a car dealership. And uh, so anyway, uh, didn't go to work that week. You know, trying to deal with him, his his death. There is not his death, but dealing with him and being in the hospital. And uh, so I, I'll never forget when uh, my grandpa called me, and he's like, "Pop, you need to get to the hospital. Your dad's not doing too good." So I'm like, okay, so I go pick up my niece, and we head down to the hospital. And uh, I just never forget, and walking up to the hospital, my pop was out there, and uh, he met us out there mm-hmm. from the hospital. And he said, Pop, I just tell you, Daddy didn't make it. He had some type of procedure he had done, and I was like, I was just numb. You know, because my niece, you know, she... That was hell. She she was his baby, <laughs> you know, and of course she lost it. And I the whole I didn't believe it until I walked in, and I remember walking into the uh, ICU, 
and he was laying there and I remember seeing that that was you know an experience in itself and that's probably the first time I actually fully dealt with death from you know going somewhere hearing about it and actually being there and that was kind of you know it just looked like he was asleep Mm -hmm. you know and I remember you know still touching his hand um, still, you know, uh, just talking to him like, Dad, I'm going to miss you, you know, I love you. And I, I still didn't understand what was going on. And then, you know, going through, and this, this was the time in my life where I was just like in that stagnant stage, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do with life. Uh, I was going to school, didn't know really what I was going to school for. Working at a car dealership, like, man, what am I doing? So, of course, you know, during that time, you know, I did uh, partake in some substance abuse. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have hard substances, but, you know, marijuana here, you know, drinking, of course. And uh, had a pretty bad spot with that for about a month, um, just doing that and probably nothing else. Lost my job because I was, you know, dealing with daddy, hospital and all that, and then, you know, uh, the relationship I was in, uh, she decided to, she didn't want to be with me no more. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so all that happened in the span of, uh, in, in six months, you know, six months span. But um, it, it's, it's, it was difficult um, because I felt like, you know, he was... That was my guide. So now my guide is gone. What am I mm-hmm. really going to do? And, you know, missing him was like, okay, how do I... Do? So I had to remember. So it, it caused me to to pull up some of those things he taught me. Okay, well, now I got to do this. And it, become, it became about making him proud of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the drive. So I knew I had to straighten myself up get you know get myself together but still trying to figure out how to live this life of mine and then you know after 96 is when you and I got together and the rest is history do you feel like you have made him proud uh, I think I do but I still wonder it's, it's some, some, something inside of me you know wants to hear it from his voice like you know hear him say that to me mm-hmm. and I know that's not reality I know that's not possibly well, I mean they, today's time with technology is probably possible but <laughs> I, I, you know with AI and everything but I I, <laughs> I um, deep inside I want to hear it but I know I know Without a shadow of a doubt, he's proud of me. And I, and I just think about the kids, you know, and, um, you know, he would have, I mean, the kids spoiled as they were. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, uh, my God. Nana, but if Papa Curtis was alive, oh, my God, that would spoil Central. I just, they'd have been, I can't even imagine them being more rotten than they were, but. <laughs> They would they would have been something else, but uh, 
I, I, I know he's proud. I know he's smiling, you know, wherever he is looking at me and saying, yeah, I did a good job, so. He did. I feel that way. He did. So all these things happened before we were married, but had a big impact on our marriage and how we dealt with each other and the kids. So since we've been married, there have been some traumatic events and some deaths that have also uh, affected how we, how we perceive things, how we see things, and then also how we were with each other and how we helped each other through those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first major loss we experienced after marriage was my grandmother. Yes. And um, she was my father's mother, and we were very close. I grew up very close proximity to them. Mm-hmm. And in those times when home was too difficult to deal with, that was my refuge, um, my grandparents. And... Yeah. Um, when my grandfather passed away, I was 15, and my grandmother moved in with us. So we, we actually lived with her in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. But she was, she was a mother figure. She, was, she represented safety for me. Yeah. Um, and so losing her was difficult, but I also remember her and my mother were also close, and yeah. my mother's words where you know you have to be strong and help me deal with this <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I still I don't know I don't know how much I even processed that loss because I was I was being strong mm. I, I remember uh, you know from the day that I met her you know it was open arms mm-hmm. um and I remember she she knew you were pregnant before we even yep because yep. she started calling me Dada yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was funny I remember going up there and visiting you know she'd do the little slip <laughs> yeah <laughs> she'd do the little slip you know yep. like we was making a dope deal or something that's right doesn't money whatever you she know. grazed my palms yeah grazed my <laughs> palms and, and boy she always tell us about the, Telemarketer that called. <laughs> oh my goodness! Any telemarketer that called and asked her how she was doing, they got the full story. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah my 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 right eye ain't doing too good. <laughs> so that was and and that was very early. Our son was um, yeah, he was just over a year I, yeah, I old, and so. Yet. We were, um, that was very early into it. A mm-hmm. uh, few years after that, my half-sister, she and I had just started to develop a closer relationship, yeah. and she passed away unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And that was difficult for me because we didn't have that relationship growing up, and I felt like, you know, we just started getting close, and, and now she's gone. Yeah. Um. We we had my um, my mom's death, which was uh, very unexpected, and mm-hmm. uh, the timing of it. My it was 
three days after my birthday, we were yeah. supposed to be going out to dinner to celebrate my birthday. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> she was just at the house the, the, the day night, before. right? Yeah. And we had talked the about it. Before. She had an appointment. and um, I'm glad to eat for your birthday. I remember she called me like that Tuesday. And she was like, uh, <laughs> "What do y'all? What do you do do for Margaret's birthday?" I'm like, oh, "I ain't playing too much. Maybe go out and get something." She said, "Well, you ain't had no plan." I was like, "No." And she was like, "It sounded like she was kind of worried about it, you know well, what I'm saying?" And I was like, "Well," and she said, "Well, I, I I'll talk to her and, and and see and come up with something." I think she was. So I'm I'm not big on birthdays mm. and holidays and things. I'm I'm just not big on that. But she was. Yeah. And yeah. so she was upset that I didn't want to go anywhere that evening. Oh yeah, that's what it, but it was that's a right. Tuesday. Um I it was I just I didn't want to go any, yeah, anywhere that I evening. I was working. I was on days. And, I was on days. Right. And so I said, mm-hmm. well, we'll just go Friday. We'll go. There used to be a seafood buffet that we'd go to. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, we'll just go there Friday. And so she was, I think, a little bit frustrated with me because she wanted to go that evening. Mm-hmm. And um, and we talked about her appointment the next day. Yeah. And um, so she was at the house that Thursday mm-hmm. they went. Up to grandma's. Yep, she had the kids. And um, she she had an appointment coming up that next week, and we discussed who would take her for that appointment because Mm -hmm. I don't know what they were doing. But it never occurred to me about the one that she had the next day because she she was getting allergy testing, and I was telling her how when I did the allergy testing, they had to give me Benadryl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, but... um, so that was unexpected. That was that was difficult. Um, being an only child, like that I felt like nobody else could grieve with me in that way. Yeah. And um that was hard. She was she was our rock. And, yeah. Uh, I know and I know <clears throat> it was difficult for me because, you know, I remember the day and I remember we were, uh, I think we were sitting up and we were just gallivanting through the day because I was off. And we were on the couch napping. We was on the couch napping. <laughs> and I just remember uh, getting a call from your uncle. Just like, okay, well, what are you calling me for? And he was like, Byron, are you anywhere near Mark? And I was like, yeah. Said I need you to walk away from her. Immediately, my heart just went to pounding because I'm like, "Oh crap, what is going on?" And I went outside, and he was like, um, "Hilda uh, was in the car wreck, bad car. Y'all need to get down in NCG." And uh, I struggled with saying something to you. Because mm-hmm. I already knew that she was gone, but I didn't want, I, if, do I say something to her now? And mind you, like, the hospital is like 20 minutes, 20, yeah. 25 minutes from the house at the time. So I say something to her now about it, and I just remember saying, 
uh, Zach, your mama had an accident. Zach said, when you come down here to the hospital. And I was hoping you wouldn't ask me <laughs> while we was on the way down there. Because I was just like, and that, and um, I remember parking, walking up. You, you didn't say a word. I, I, I didn't say anything because I, I felt something. Like you felt like yeah. Was, so I, I just, like I didn't say any. We, we rode in yeah, silence. We rode in silence. Um, yep. And I think I said something like. I'm going to tell her if she didn't want to go to dinner, she didn't have to do all this. Mm, yeah. Um, but I, I knew, I knew not to say anything. I knew not to ask anything. Mm. And um, that was, it was difficult. And I'm so thankful that because she and I had a rocky relationship. Mm. And I'm so glad that we were, in good a good place at the time. Right. We were in a very good place. I think we had both come to a place of understanding with each other mm. on some things. Yeah. So but that had a big effect on me. And honestly though, um of course the loss was difficult, but there was a level of um I could breathe on some things, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I I guess maybe I didn't have to be strong for her anymore, yeah, yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. And, and, and also, we knew that she was suffering physically uh, with different health issues. Uh, and she was, had shoulder pain or something like she, that. Mm-hmm. She, she, was, she had hidden a lot. From yeah, us too. Yeah. I knew she was diabetic. She had been diabetic for years. Yeah. I did not know she was on insulin until cleaning out her stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know it had gotten to that point. Right. So um, she she had some emotional and mental health things that went unchecked. Yeah. yeah and so I, I just um, I don't know. It was it was a very surreal thing. Yeah. And she was very involved. We lived very close to her. She was very involved with the kids. Mm-hmm. And um, it was definitely a, like you, you knew she was gone. Her yeah. presence was yeah, gone. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and that was, that was hard. And having to do all the arrangements and planning and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it, it kind of helped us though, somewhat prepared for it when a few years later. Yeah, yeah. Um, completely different circumstances, <coughs> but um, your mom's passing. Mm. Yeah. She was she was sick um, yeah, for a while. Kind of like my father, kind of like in and out of the hospital mm-hmm. with different uh, health issues related to blood pressure, heart, uh, things like that. I taking her to the doctor sometimes. I've taken her to doctor's appointments or I remember she had uh, recently had like a back surgery and I remember uh, I remember uh, taking her to a follow-up appointment. That's what it was, I think. 
or follow appointment, yeah. So my sister went with us. And um, she, you know, kind of like the same thing, um, you know, just she wouldn't exercise like she needed to, wouldn't, um, she was complaining about the medications mm-hmm. all the time. That's one of the things that she was... complained about a lot. I don't take all these medicine. I had to take medicine for this, medicine for that. You know, it was always complaint. But I'm like, well, mom, I mean, you got to do something. You got to get get up there and walk, you know. That was something that y'all, you and your siblings had a hard time with. Yeah. And yeah. But my thing was she was, she, she had her mental faculties. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, she's letting you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. like, I don't want to yeah. do all of these things. I'm yeah. tired. And, and I know that, you know, we, we want to... We, yeah. we become the parents, and we want to step in. and it's, it's, it's almost like you're almost like led to be like, well, if you ain't going to take care of yourself, I don't want to sit here and watch you. So then I will leave and not talk to her for a couple of days because I'm like, I don't want to hear, you know, or I hear the complaints, but then. But you don't want to. You don't want to do nothing about right. it. So what do, you, what, as, what do you do, like? And I've encouraged, like, I'll come get you and go for a walk, whatever, call. I don't feel like it dated. Baby, I'm up. I stayed up all night. About, you know, it was always the excuse. So it's kind of like, and, and, you know, it was sad, but at the same time, I understand you can't make somebody do what they don't want to do. Right. But, uh, you know, when she went in the hospital that last time, um, she had to have a procedure done. And for some reason, I don't know why, it was in the dead of winter. And they wanted her to come in for something. So I remember my brothers were taking her to the hospital. Uh, and she started seizing or something like that uh, in the car. So my brother, he worked in the medical field, so he... Uh, started CPR and uh, the time they called the ambulance got the ambulance you know my other brother was called the ambulance while they was on the way he got her there so she slipped into a coma and never came out of it and I, I remember like the doctors uh, you know talking to me and my brother one day when I went to, up there to the ICU and he was like you know basically with all said and done like he was basically trying to tell us like look mama she she ain't going to make it out of this. And if she don't, you know, she's going to be in a vegetative state if she does. You know, plain and simple. And, it, and I kind of accepted it. And I felt some of my other siblings kind of had a problem with it. But I'm like, I, I know the suffering she was doing. I know how she was suffering. And, you know, I even thought about it. You know, we talked about, you know, would it be easier because... You know, your mother was the first death I experienced that was like a a tragic death, mm-hmm. like being in a car accident. Mm-hmm. You know, we never saw her again up, up after that Thursday. And she was at the house, we never saw her. We didn't have a chance to see her after right. the rape because they recommended her, us not see her. So dealing with that or watching your parent die, right. you know, what is, the, what is the best, you know? But you- is there a best way or, you know what I'm saying? like With your mom, um, that it was the summer before because she was in the hospital. And I, I just remember 
was right before school started because mm-hmm. I was going to the hospital uh, yeah. on a pretty consistent basis. And she was still, um, at that point, she was she was awake, but they had a tube yeah, down yeah, her yeah. throat. Mm-hmm. And um, she she was a fighter. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Yeah. When, when she would wake up and that tube was there, she would grab, and so they ended up having mm-hmm. to restrain yeah, her. Yep. And I went in one day, and I'm talking to her, and she's looking at me, and it was so hard to see her like that mm-hmm. because I knew she didn't want she didn't want to be tied down like that. She didn't want the tube and all of that stuff. And yeah. she was looking at me almost like a pleading. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just tell her I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. but so that was difficult in and of itself. And that was not um, that was not even. That was several months before her death. Mm. And so, um, like you said, we had talked about it after her death, you know, which which is, I don't want to say easier, but which is, um, yeah. you know, which, which do you cope with better? And, you know, to this day, we go back and forth yeah, because yeah. either way, it's a either loss. Either way, it's a loss, but um, it's like, I don't know, like, you know, from a mental standpoint, the watching the suffering right. is, um, is that better or right. having that at least, you know, at least I did have that last moment right. to a degree of food. We, words, right. You know we, we were there. We were able to, we were able to say goodbye. Um, yeah. yeah. Versus, you know, you get the call. And like you said, with, with my mom, um, the coroner, he he spoke against us seeing her until mm-hmm. you know until the yeah, funeral home funeral. was able to get her mm-hmm. ready um and my my mom was um a, a bit of a local celebrity <laughs> so he <laughs> yeah. the coroner actually knew her mm-hmm. and um he he was very compassionate when he expressed that yeah. and and he told me he said I wouldn't I wouldn't want my loved one to see me that way, mm-hmm. and I yeah, wouldn't yeah. want to see my loved one that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, sure did. That was, you know, I know at the time I felt I felt cheated out of an opportunity to at least, you know, from TV and movies and things, mm-hmm. you have this yeah. emotional, yeah, yeah. you know, goodbye or whatever. Even with my grandmother, um, my mom and dad and I talked together about putting in a uh, um, DNR mm. with her. And so when she got to that point, we were able to see her last breath. Yeah. Now yeah. that was comforting for me though, yeah. because it was a peaceful non-labored thing. Mm. Like you could, you could see it, Yeah. but, um, not having that with my mom, I felt kind of cheated. And I was like, you know, what is this? You make plans mm-hmm. and then that's it. You know, nothing yeah. comes of it. So and I, and I almost made me think about like, you know, when you see the experiences, like when you see that happen on television or whatever, you've never experienced it. So when you get to experience it, it's like, well, I mean, deep down inside, you're thinking like, well, I ain't, 
I'm not nutting up. I ain't throwing stuff. <laughs> you know, and I, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Or, right. Kind of like, well, I'm not as emotional as I probably should be. Right. And it's like, you know, because I think a lot of times what, what people fail to realize is that sometimes with certain people, depending on the relationship, you've already made somewhat of peace. Right. Even before the past. And like, you know, you know that, okay, they're hell bent on not taking their medicine. So if they keep it up, it's bound to happen. Right. So it's like, let me prepare myself subconsciously, you know, and there's no way you can really be prepared. And, and I, I just know with both experiences, uh, with my, both my parents, it just hit me at different times. So like during, you know, mm-hmm. course of passing, it's like, well, you know, I'm cool, I'm calm, everybody, how you doing? I'm, I'm okay. But it'll just hit you like, I remember, you know, on the way to work one day and just listening to that a song ball. and it just hit me. That ball in the box. It just hit me. You it know? hit the button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean. That's, and that's what, um, there are times when it comes back and it feels like mm-hmm. it was, you know, that day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and helping each other through that throughout the years mm. um, we've both had to learn to be patient with yeah. each other mm. um, that was one thing I had to backtrack when my mom died mm. because we got together the year after your dad died Yeah, I didn't fully understand the impact of losing a parent mm-hmm. until I lost a parent. Right. And so I had to go back and think that was just a year later, not even. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't cognizant of even checking in with you. Mm-hmm. I wonder how this affects him. I wonder how that affects him. Because I know for me, you know, June 5th and December 6th, every year, I go through some things. That's the yeah. day I lost her and her birthday. So that was several years down the line mm-hmm. that I wasn't aware to check in with you on those times or whatever, or just yeah. to even be aware that that stuff is how it would affect you. Of course, of course, knowing it, there's mm-hmm. an effect, but not fully understanding it and I don't think anybody does until you lose a parent especially that that the one that you are yeah yeah plugged into yeah and that was you know um sometimes it was not a a very functional sometimes it was a dysfunctional plugging into Mm, right but nonetheless my mom and I were you know the cord was cut on that day Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so that that was my my parent that that we were yeah. plugged in. Um, I'm I'm close to my dad now, and I am so thankful for that relationship now. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom was my mom. Yeah. yeah. And I know for you, your dad was your your person. He was the one you were plugged mm-hmm. into. So it was hard for me. And because of how I am, that realization for me made me 
mad at me. And I was frustrated with me because I didn't, I felt like I didn't do right by you and and didn't recognize that I needed to be more understanding of well, that. Well, but, you know, you didn't need to, and I, and I say that because, like, with my death experiences, I, I know for me, it's not something that I relish on or think about on a consistent basis. It's a usually a conditional thing. Like, I remember uh, crying one day because I saw a man and his father helping his father at lunchtime one day. That got to me. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? But typically his birthday around the time uh, his death is pretty close because he was he died 10 days 9 days before his birthday I don't really like uh, get sad or relish at that time you know it's just kind of like dad died it's, it's, the ball is smaller because it's been so long mm-hmm. you know and even you know even in those earlier years um, I think I was so focused on us and our family life making it uh, better for us that I just didn't think about it because it was like, you know, I was more focused on making sure that if anything, I was going to lead to live a life to make him proud. You know what I'm saying? Not like, you know, he passed away and then I getting the drugs or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I was more focused on that, you know? So it was like, I didn't I didn't think about it over the years as much, but I, it, there were moments, like I said, you know, and still moments, you know, it's like, it hit me. I'm tearing up and, you know, she was always at a time when I ain't got time to really, <laughs> on the way to work or something, or to an appointment or something like that. I ain't got time to cry. I can't get time to cry. I got to go clock in. But anyway, <laughs> um, another experience we had was my father's mother. Um, and I'm going to try to, my father's mother and my father's father, they're both gone on. But uh, my father's mother, that was kind of like uh, crazy for me because, you know, uh, my father's mother and my grandmother, uh, she was a, a, a hard woman. <laughs> she was hard. She was, she was a tough-skinned type of woman, put it to you like that. And, you know, I remember <laughs> I remember when I took you over there the first time <laughs> to meet her. And I'm introducing you as my girlfriend. And my grandmother says, during the meeting, what happened? Where's your other friend from Florida (laughs) talking about my ex? (laughs) She was that hard. (laughs) But, uh, you know, through the years, uh, you know, we would go visit them, you know, here and there at their house. And uh, Pop, I love Pop. Pop was like... At if everything it was pop, my daddy, and then me, I guess you know yep. we were the men that you know they taught me how to be men. You know, pop, I learned a lot from him as far as like you know, uh, uh, 
working on things, uh, being outside the house. He used to come over there. I used to always like, Pop, what you doing? And he passed me that tool. Passed me this, you know, so I was, I was that was my buddy there. And then, you know, <clears throat> in the later years, of course, now I got older, got my own family. He gave me words of wisdom, talking to me. Uh, anyway, with Grandma, uh, she went in for like a, uh, I think she, uh, appendix ruptured or something like that. Uh-uh. And, uh, her, um... Intestine. Yeah, her test, her intestines ruptured, and uh, she ended up having to be in a coma, and she went from there to a nursing home. And I remember, like, here's this woman that's been strong all my life, and you know she used to take care of me when I was a, a baby. Um, she went from that to um, almost like a child. And it was kind of odd seeing her in that 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 light, you know. Like uh, I I remember vividly going to the, the last nursing home she was in. I like to stop by and check on Grandma. And it was like you know, and I don't know if <clears throat> people have bad experience with nursing homes, but you know, it was heartbreaking sometimes because you're going there and you're seeing these people in there. And she was sitting out, like, in the hallway in a chair. Like, in the hallway in a chair. And I just remember, like, talking to her, like, hey, how you doing? And she looking at me. Uh, she couldn't, she wouldn't talk. She couldn't say anything. It's almost like talking to a little child, but it was heart-wrenching seeing these people there in that nursing home. And, like, you know, and I used to wonder, like, when was the last time somebody came and checked on this person, you know, family member, whatever. But uh, that that was kind of tough seeing her in that light. Um, and she finally went on. And then <clears throat> a few years later, about five, six years later, uh, Grandpa, my main man, uh, he went on. And, and that was tough. Uh, I remember... Uh, him and I would get together here and there. I would take Grandpa to lunch, <laughs> and I'll never forget. It was funny. I'm uh, pulling up to the restaurant, and he he decided he was gonna meet me. So I'm like, okay. No, he called me. Called me and said, Pop, you mind if uh, my friend come along with us? I was like, <laughs> friend. Well, what's up? What's up with that? So you know, I pulled up, and the lady is like sitting in the passenger seat like facing him and they talking and stuff and I was like okay so we went and had lunch and everything and she was a sweet lady she, it was funny but you know just seeing your grandfather with your grandmother all your life <laughs> one day <laughs> he out on a date yeah he on the date <laughs> so that was kind of a little odd but Pop was my man, and, you know, I was a great man, too, and uh, really missing much. But um, and dealing with that, that was, you know, like I said, that was kind of, uh, uh, that was a rough one. But I, I think the hardest one thus far was my dad, because that was that pivotal moment mm -hmm. in my life, you know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, 
and you and I experienced one together that was kind of a <laughs> it was a oddity um, back in 2010 I remember we were uh, building our first our first house that we were building and uh, we were looking at this neighborhood and I think you and I kind of had some differences because it was a particular house you wanted and then it was the house that we had already decided on and we were kind of balanced like the other house I think they both were in our price range I think or maybe the other one might have been a little bit more I can't remember the yellow house yeah the yellow house who was it it was you just there were things that you didn't like about it it was it was yeah it was some things I can't remember what it was but uh at any rate we were going back and forth about the houses so I'll never forget my, one of my best friends he called me during that day and I was asleep and we were staying with Hilda and Joy at the time so I woke up and I was like alright let's see what he want I called him and he was like hey man she passed away I was like, what? She passed away. Like, wait a minute, man. I ain't, I ain't hearing that correctly. What? Yeah, man. She his gone. wife. His wife, yeah. My, my, my best friend's wife. And that kind of, you know. They were, they're around our age. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was, she had just had the youngest. They mm-hmm. had the yeah, uh, three, three kids. kids. Mm-hmm. And she, the youngest was still a she was still a baby still a baby yeah still a baby and it, a year to the day before that i had lost a student that i was yeah close with yeah yeah it was the exact day just um mm-hmm. a year later yep and i remember um i know that he just told me that you know what happened and i'm like just sitting there dumbfounded like and I think you and I were like, well, here's, we sitting up here having a disagreement about a house. And this man had lost his wife. Now, one of the things I remember that was kind of uh, crazy was I think she was like the um, the one that took care of all the household needs, you know, mm-hmm. paid the bills mm-hmm. and things like that. And I remember going over there, checking on him one day. And him and I stayed up there for probably about two or three hours. He didn't know anything. Yeah. He, he was trying to set up the stuff and you yeah. know how to pay the power bill. So I had to, you know, sit with him and show him how to, you know, log on to the computer and get all that stuff straight. And um that was kinda crazy. But, you know, I you know, it's almost like when it happens you just hit the ground running. Mhm. You I mean, because, you know, I know that that um and and still her her death to this day mm-hmm. when um if there's something that is gonna be irrelevant a week from now that yeah. I'm stressing about or or what have you um I think about her mm-hmm. and the it's just i I'm here. Yeah. So I need to make sure that I'm checked in to be in here and and using my time here mm. because you just never know. Yeah. You just yeah. never know. 
and and my buddy, he's you know he hasn't uh, remarried. Uh, the kids are growing up. Uh, it's been a joy watching them grow up mm-hmm. uh, and and be successful. I think the middle daughter's in college now, and the youngest daughter's in high school. So I mean, it's it's. It's a joy to see them grow up, but I know it would have been a whole lot better, you know, with Mama being there. Of course. You know, he's had, you know, help with... uh, I admire the relationship that he has with her parents. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because his parents... He doesn't... His parents have passed. That's right. That's right. His parents were gone way before, and her parents stepped in, so they're heavily involved still to this day. To make sure the kids uh, mm-hmm. has to go out of town or has to work long days. They'll go stay with uh, Nana and Papa, and, and it, I just admire that. Just you know, ha- him having that support system um, that helps. Uh, you know, I'm sure it has helped him along the way dealing with things. You know, even from getting you know the girl's hair done, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, things like that. But uh, so, all of these things, these are things that happened um, a- after we were married. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, um, of course, those things you deal with in the time, and it's kind of easier to help each other through those things. Yeah. It's supporting each other when the effects of the before stuff comes up uh-huh. that that I think was a challenge because first of all we have to share what's wrong yeah in yeah. order to know okay well I need to be supportive in this moment and understand mm-hmm. that this is coming from somewhere else and and, uh, and it also helps with uh, knowing if there's a current situation that comes up and it helps okay you're upset right now, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be here, but I'm, you know, I have to keep asking, what's wrong? What's wrong? Well, why is that bothering? Why is that bothering? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's an understanding. So okay, well, I know to just sit here and be quiet, or mm-hmm. I know to sit here and support, or and yeah. that's and and I've always felt that support. I never felt like um, like I am burdening you or anything like that mm. from, because of you. Now, if I felt that way, it's because of me. But you never made me feel that way. You've right. allowed me to share with you things that have happened mm. in my time. Um, you didn't force it. You didn't, you know, give me any um, constraints or barriers to, you know, you got to do this or whatever. So mm. um, that patience I've appreciated and when I decided to start with therapy, it wasn't um, like you were supportive of that. Yeah. You didn't. It wasn't a good because now we can see what's wrong. <laughs> well, now we can finally get you fixed. It wasn't anything <laughs> like that. It wasn't a, you know, why yeah. would you need to do that? That's right, what crazy right. people like. It was just support. If this is what you need to become a better you, then you know I support mm-hmm. that. And, and and I know for me, I know I have grown to understand that uh, that we all need some type of therapy or counseling because we've all experienced trauma in growing up. Uh, you know, growing up black in the society, we've experienced some type of trauma. So 
Um, not you know, not to mention family trauma and trauma as an adult. You know, um, so it's like you know dealing with those issues. I think it helps everybody to have some type of counseling. So I mean, you know, understanding that it it you know when you said well I'm going to counseling, I was at full support. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like well. And then even when I even mentioned that I needed to do something, I need to go talk to somebody. And that helped tremendously because it helped me even bring up some of that stuff that mm-hmm. <laughs> I suppressed that I wasn't dealing with or, or talking about. It was just like, well, you know, just just keep going, keep going and pushing it down. But you got to get it out there. You mm-hmm. got to get it out there. Um, we also have realized that... Um, the source of an issue causes reactions and causes you to do and say things, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the person that you're doing those things to. So yeah. Yeah. I may be upset about something and I may take it out on you, but it has nothing to do with you. It's, mm-hmm. you know, whatever issue or concern. Right. Thankfully, um, I don't. I don't think that that's something that we've had to experience a lot we've had issues and then when it when we realize what the issue really is we've yeah. supported each other through that yeah um so i i think that that's important also is to take the to not take things personally to remove that part from mm-hmm. it and to realize that okay something else is going on and i'm going to yeah. help and support you through this um not I'm going to be upset because of what you did or said mm-hmm. and you just deal with it on your own. Yeah, and and also realizing that, you know, after the incident, there are going to be times that, you know, it's going to come up or there's going to be, you know, times where sadness will set in. And, you know, even though, like, even those, those times that I was on the way to work and I lost it, I was able to, tell you, you know, I was on the way to work and I was listening to such and such and, you know, I just had a moment and, you know, just being able to say it, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's sad that some people, you know, I, I think about like, you know, just people who are single, on this, you know, for example, that, you know, they go through stuff and just don't have something simple like that to share, like, you know mom passed away I lost her and I was emotional today and some people don't have stuff like that someone to share something that simple with Mm. you know so it definitely is a blessing and you are a blessing to me and I thank you baby aww thank you you're welcome All right. In this Let's Discuss It, we want to talk about blended families and how the adults' choices affect children involved. All right. So both of us come from blended families. And you tell me, what is your family structure? All right. So I'm the youngest of 10 children. My father had two boys from a previous marriage. I'm the only one that is between my mother and father. And my mother had all the other children. 
and there are three boys and three girls. And we did have a sister that uh, passed away I was before I was born. Uh, she drowned in the pool. That's pretty much our family dynamic. Okay. Um, for me, I grew up as an only child. I am the only child that my mom and dad had together. I had one half-sister and two half-brothers uh, that my dad had with the same woman. And, and when I was 19, I, mm. I literally stumbled upon another brother, half-brother, that uh, my dad had had with someone else. So my dad had five total. I've since lost my sister and one of my half-brothers. Mm-hmm. Although I grew up as an only child, I did know of my half-sister and half-brothers. Okay. And as children, uh, we kind of, we were around each other some, but not a lot. And then um, my mom and their mom didn't get along. Mm-hmm. So eventually, um, when we were adults, my sister and I got closer, and then she passed away. Um, so because of our ages, because we were the children in the situation, the mm-hmm. adults had control of whether or not we would have any type of relationship. Yeah. And so seeing how your family, like you all don't refer to each other as half or step siblings. Yeah, I never did. Um, and you, you weren't raised that way. Your parents raised you all. Um, to be brothers and sisters. Yeah. And being that you grew up that way, you have those <coughs> connections with your siblings. Mm-hmm. And for me, I didn't have that. And I'm, I'm realizing how that affects me as I get older. Right. And, um, it, and it's not something that, like, every day I'm thinking about it and get sad. It's nothing like mm-hmm. that. It's just... You know, it's little things that um, that are frustrating for me. I don't have that that bond or connection yeah. with a, yeah. another person because I didn't grow up with my siblings, mm-hmm. and that doesn't, you know, that that feeling of loss doesn't necessarily go away. Mm-hmm. Um, the brother that I learned about at nineteen, we're cordial and we are we communicate via. Facebook, mm-hmm. um, but there's there's no like sibling connection there, and I mean that's that's a difficult thing when it's not because of us, it's because of the adults involved. Yeah, yeah, I know. With us, um, I grew up. I had one, no, three brothers in the house. I had two brothers that would stay. The, my, my dad's boys, they mainly stayed with my grandmother for a good little while, my grandma and grandfather. So we would go visit them, or they would come stay with us on the weekends. The four I grew up close with. Now, some of them were grown and adults and already had their own lives and already had own families, but through having family functions, get-togethers, things like that, uh, we saw each other on a frequent basis. So it was like, and I, I did have a, a sister whose husband was in the military. And when they would get leave, he would come, uh, they would come home because he was from here also. 
And a lot of times they would stay with us when they were here. So some of those, uh, their children I'm close with because, you know, we kind of almost grew up as brothers and sisters. You know, some of them actually older than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, so there's that. Uh, we we maintain that level of closeness throughout the years and uh, have been able to uh, to still to this day, you know, we'll get together periodically, you know, you know, we all got families now, but we'll get together and gather at mama's house and grill, cook out and have a good time or whatever. So seeing how you have children who have um, maybe have different fathers or different mothers mm-hmm. now seeing that and realizing how as an adult that has played a role yeah. In my life, I think it's so important that the adults in situations be adults. Right, um, right. I'm, I'm glad that our children don't necessarily have to experience anything like that. Yeah, um, unless definitely. there's something that you need to tell nah, us. I, nah, <laughs> ain't, ain't idea. I don't see being on Mari. I'm just saying, I no but point in time with Mari ain't even there no more, but. I'm, I'm thankful they won't have to deal with that, but yeah. I just it's so important that the adults in the situation be adults, and mm. you have to put differences aside and make sure that these kids know who their they need to know who their people are. Um, yeah. So that was and that know, was. I do remember like throughout the years, like when some of my um, when my father was alive, and I remember some of my siblings. Uh, fathers coming around or you know coming to the house and it was as far as I could understand it it wasn't a bad thing mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but they you know depending on the relationship or however it was it wasn't a frequent thing mm-hmm. but it was you know my dad never said like all right you know you can't you can't your daddy can't come over here right you know what I'm saying so, I mean, but it was one of those type things that I saw it over time, but, and there again, is one of those things I thought, well, that should be normal, you know? Right. And children. it should be. It should be, but, you know. It uh, should be. Now, as an adult, people I know, <laughs> friends, different family situations, um, I see that that's not the case all the time. But it should be. It should be. Because it, it always the affects the should, kids. Right. And, and, right. And, and I'm thankful that I never had any kids before us for that reason in itself because, you know, just... I, I don't think I would have handled it well. I know. You probably wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, when, when we, we, met, wouldn't we wouldn't be we having met. this... We wouldn't when be sitting here. you had already told me that you wouldn't get involved with nobody that had kids. I wouldn't. So we wouldn't be sitting here. So if I had kids, you wouldn't even be with me. Not at all. <laughs> We would have remained friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's it for our Let's discuss it. <laughs> we didn't discuss the damn thing. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for episode eight of the Beyond I Do podcast. Please join us next time for episode nine, where we talk about communication and miscommunication. 
In the meantime, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Follow and comment. Let us know your thoughts about family structures and the effect on children and the adults that are involved. And until next time, we will holler at y'all.